The bus stop is sponsored by SafeFleet. SafeFleet is the leading provider of school bus safety solutions with brands you might recognize such as Sayon, Specialty Manufacturing, Transpec, and Pretoria. SafeFleet's predictive stop arm is a solution to help predict a stop arm violation and provide proactive notification to the driver and students that it's not safe to cross the street. To learn more, visit www.safefleet.net. Hello and welcome to the bus stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. I am Kurt Mackison, Executive Director of NSTA and host of the bus stop. And today's membership news comes from the area of government relations, where our task force reviewing provisions of what we call the Duckworth Bill, and that's U.S. Senate Bill 2278, sponsored by Tammy Duckworth, Senator from Illinois, Um, The task force has finished their deliberations on the bill, and we're planning several conference call meetings with NSTA leadership and stakeholders over the next week and a half. So I do urge everyone, uh, if you're attending the 2020 NSTA midwinter meeting, to attend the Government Relations Committee meeting, and that'll be on Tuesday, January 21st at 11.05 in Pueblo, Maine. You'll get the latest details on this legislation and all of our advocacy efforts there. Uh, and if you're interested in attending the midwinter meeting, it is not uh, too late. It's coming close, but it's not too late. Give us a call at 703-684-3200 for more information. Well, today at the bus stop, we are pleased to have our guest, Kevin Lowry. He's CEO of Transubro, uh, an NSTA member. So welcome to the bus stop, Kevin. Thanks, Kurt. Great to be here. It's uh, an exciting opportunity for for me and, and everyone at Transubro. Well, we're so pleased to have you not only um, at the bus stop today, but as a member. And in, in coming through your website, I, I see you have a really interesting and diverse background. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about the, that background? Well, thanks, Kirk. Yeah, I, I spent 28 years in the Nassau County Police Department in New York as a uh, police officer and uh, my enjoyed just about every rank in the police department. I retired as a three-star chief, a division chief, and I had did multiple jobs in the detective division patrol and support. And it was a great career. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I uh, got involved in a lot of exciting and uh, rewarding adventures there. And while I was a police officer and a sergeant, I was I went to law school at night at St. John's Law School. So I um, I already had a master's degree in criminal justice from before I before I got on the job. And I got my law degree uh, in four years. And I kind of started to practice uh, law on the side while I was working until I became a lieutenant. And then it, my schedule became a little bit difficult. So, But it was a good career uh, when I retired. I had two kids that were embarking on college, so I needed to occupy my time and and also take care of those expenses. So I uh, hung out my shingle and and went to work as an attorney. And that was before I got involved with the the subrogation business. So when you... um... Then transition to you know law enforcement to an attorney. Did you have a at that point a transportation specialty? No, I didn't. Uh, when I was the chief of the support division, m- one of my commands was the fleet service bureau. So 
I, I oversaw the purchase and maintenance and ultimate uh, disposition of uh, about 2,000 diverse vehicles. So I was involved in transportation, but it was it was peripheral. It really wasn't a it wasn't a specialty. I had someone working for me who was in charge of running the operation. Uh, but it but it certainly uh, the experience was was certainly helpful, if not vital, to the success of our of our subrogation business. But at the time, you know, there was no way that I was that I knew that this was going to happen for me down the road. Yeah, that's that's interesting. So you mentioned the word subrogation, and we'll, we'll start there first because perhaps some of the listeners aren't familiar uh, with that term or weren't exactly sure of what that means. So can can you talk about that a little bit, subrogation? Of course. The, the term by definition means third-party collections, uh, but it, you know, in actual practice, uh, what it comes down to is it is the collection of uh, auto accident claims. That's what it is from from Transubro's perspective. Transubro stands for transportation subrogation. So we're in the business of collecting auto accident claims uh, for transportation companies, and most of our clients are self-insured or have very high deductibles. So uh, simply put, when one of your buses gets rear-ended at a light and you suffer $2,500 worth of damages, you have to go after the other guy's insurance company in order to be reimbursed for those damages. And that's where we come in. And we have A to Z service that we have available, but we also uh, can tailor our services to, uh, to the needs of our client, uh, our specialty is in the collection of loss of use damages, which also falls under the subrogation umbrella. And what loss of use means is it means that the vehicle owner is entitled to be compensated for the time that the vehicle is off the road being repaired. So for that $2,000 uh, rear end bumper accident, it might take two days to address. So the, the bus owner is entitled to the $2,000 for the repair at the retail value of the repair, uh, as well as a two days loss of use at, at somewhere around $500 a day. So the whole claim is worth about $3,000. What, what makes this uh, a specialty is that insurance companies have for decades uh, pulled this great hoax on the transportation industry and made us believe that a, a, a an injured party is not entitled to be compensated for loss of use if they have spare buses available. And of course, in the school bus industry, you you can't survive without a substantial fleet of spare buses. Uh, so in the past, the carriers refused to pay those damages. Uh, but what our research has taught us, and of course, this is where the law school background comes into play. And I'll tell you how the, that wound up evolving into this uh, subrogation business uh, a little later. But the after researching the law, we determined that that that, that uh, what the insurance company was saying about the spare buses is, was, is just simply not true in in most uh, jurisdictions in most states a uh, a transportation owner is entitled to be 
compensated for the loss of the ability to use the vehicle, the loss of the ability to use the vehicle, so that the fact that you have spare buses available is of no consequence. It's no, it's no defense by the insurance carrier. You lost the ability to use the vehicle that was damaged in the accident, and there's a cost associated with maintaining uh, that vehicle even while it's even while it's uh, out of service. So that's the so key to the process. So I'm sorry. Um, no, but the, in 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 terms of what um, you know, you're you're talking about. Um, how do folks are they just unaware of the provisions of their policy, or you know, how do they? Um, you know, come across it and then see the need to utilize your services. Well, that, that's that's a very good question, Kurt, and uh, that that's the that's what makes uh, our um, our marketing uh, job a, a, a little bit challenging. Uh, first of all, just let me correct something you said. It's not in their policies. This process has nothing to do with uh, the client's insurance carrier. It has nothing to do with uh, you're saying you're, you the client, your insurance uh, um, policy, neither your liability nor your collision. This is strictly about the other guy's policy. We never put in a claim to our client's carrier. And that's an important point because people do get a little nervous about their loss runs and how that's going to affect their premium. So we do not involve the client's carrier. At, at any stage of the game, unless me for just simply for collecting information. Uh, but to answer your your question, uh, most of our clients don't know that they're entitled to this to this compensation, and most of our clients, until we educate them, have believed what the insurance carriers have been telling them for years, and that is that they're not entitled to this compensation because they have spare buses available. So it's a challenge for us sometimes to penetrate that mindset. I mean, because our you guys are captains of industry. The school bus business is a tremendous business with self-made guys, and it's I mean that's one of the most fun parts about practicing in this arena. Um, but the truth is that you're bombarded with uh, vendors coming your way, telling you that they've got this great product or this great service that's going to save you a whole bunch of money. And, you know, all day, even I, all day, there are calls coming in. So you have to separate the wheat from the chaff. So um, and when we are here selling a service that you that the client doesn't even know that they need, it becomes a challenge to get through that gatekeeper and to get an opportunity to explain it. But as you see, it only takes a few minutes. Um, and then it, uh, once we've gotten an opportunity to explain it, then usually what the client will do will give us all of their old accidents that they've already worked on going back, whatever the statute of limitations allows in the particular state where the accidents occurred. And we'll reopen those claims and collect all that back, all that loss of use money um, for um, even even after they've been compensated for their physical damages. And it's and it's it's we never fail. And it's it's often a very lucrative proposition uh, for the client, uh, obviously, depending on the size of the fleet. And then we find other things, too, like diminished value, which is a very difficult uh type of damage to collect. 
And that means that the, the, after the bus is repaired, it's actually worth less than it was the day before the accident. Uh, and that's usually involving, obviously, late model buses, not, not a 10-year-old you know, bus with 400,000 miles on it. But a, a late model bus uh, that, has a, that has a blue book value or a, you know, a, 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 a residual value, it gets hit with a serious accident, maybe frame damage. And after the repair, because of uh, Carfax, uh, the advent of Carfax, uh, that that information about that damage is, is is public knowledge. So the vehicle won't bring book value any longer. So the uh, the client is entitled to be compensated for the difference between what the, the value of the vehicle was before the accident and the value of the vehicle after the repair. Um, so that's a little bit of a complex uh, process for us, but we we have the formulas to to execute that that process. So those are the kinds of things that we'll find. We'll find an errant towing bill. We'll find an option where the vehicle was totaled, but um, the uh, the adverse carrier didn't pay uh, the client for the aftermarket equipment that the vehicle might have been equipped with. Uh, there are things. There are some states where they require you to change out your child restraints after you suffer an accident. There's a cost associated with that. So there are many, many uh, what we call peripheral damages, damages that other than the physical damage, that we're uh, highly positioned to collect uh, for our clients. And the bottom line is, you guys are in the business of moving people from place from point A to point B. Uh, we're in the business of getting you what you deserve when you're involved in the inevitable uh, accident collision that I'm, I should say is was the other guy's fault, or at least partially the other guy's fault. Yeah. Now, uh, your operations, uh, because you know we are a national organization, um, you are able to help anybody from California to Maine to Florida to Texas? And Alaska and Hawaii as well, Kurt. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> but we, uh, Excellent. We, do have, we do have clients in, in Hawaii, but uh, we haven't gone to Alaska yet. Um, I hear it's beautiful this time of year. Uh, yeah. So when you have that Hawaii, uh, you, you know, uh, site visit, uh, feel free to, to call me and, and maybe I can shadow you and we, you know, we can do some kind of video when you when you're out there. Uh, That's a great idea. I think that would work well. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I was going to do a little uh, plug for the mid midwinter meeting, um, and I was going go to go right ahead. <laughs> when we when we we've been to the midwinter meetings, and um, there it's usually a great time, and we you know there's no shortage of business opportunities presented there. There's no shortage of educational uh, programs presented. Got a couple minutes left. Uh, uh, I want to thank you for being a sponsor of the School Bus Driver International Safety Competition with your generous scholarship. Um, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about that and how you got involved with it. Well, it just seemed to be a good fit, Kurt, you know, because we, uh, for instance, one of our clients take, takes all the money that we recover for, for, for the company from loss of use and invests it in a, a special account that that's used simply for training, for safety training. Uh, 
it's found money. So rather than to put it into the regular budget, he put it, reinvested into safety training, uh, which is, it's all about accidents, right? And these are, we want to reduce the at fault uh, accidents. It's nothing you can do about when somebody hits you. It's just, that's going to happen. Um, but uh, safety is paramount. And coming from the police background, you know, I, I, I really have a, a, a direct connection with that because I saw some tragic things that happened on the roadways over my career, you know, right. no doubt. Absolutely. And, yep. um, so I, I'm, I'm very, uh, very uh, excited about playing a direct role in, in, the, in the safety program. And the, the competition is all about that. It has its root at that. And it's very rewarding. I mean, the last meeting, we were able to present a check to a brother and sister uh, who are uh, who were particularly uh, in need of some assistance to to move on to higher education. And uh, their father was a, a longtime veteran of the uh, of the, the school bus industry, and it was really a great great uh, feeling to meet them in person and to. And to get to know them a little bit, uh, I, I'm just I'm just tickled pink about it, honestly. So our our safety competition this year is going to be up at uh, Niagara Falls um, in July. Uh, Kevin, you've given us so much information here. If um, if folks want to get in touch with you um, or find out more about Transubro, how can they do that? Well, obviously, uh, Kurt, we have our website, which is transubro.com. And we have, um, I can give you a, uh, a direct phone number for uh, Rudd, who, who is our director of business development. His number is 516-404-9670. His name is Rudd, R-U-D-D. He's also Rudd at transubro.com. Which is email, and of course me. I, you know, I'm be, I'm happy to talk to uh, anybody. You know, in in the years when I was practicing law, I kept my cell phone number private. If I would call someone, I didn't. They didn't know who it was calling because I didn't want them calling me back. Because uh, clients <laughs> can be a little nutty. But now I freely offer my cell phone number to all my clients, um, and um, you know, I'd be I'd be happy to provide that. Uh, to anyone who's interested, I just at the moment I prefer to say uh, send me an email and I'll I'll send you back my my cell phone number. Um, my email address is Kevin at transubro.com. We have an office number and the office number is five one six three four one seven two five six. Great, and there was a lot of information today, and uh, folks should uh, take advantage of at least contacting you. So um, our guest today at the bus stop, Kevin Lowry, CEO of Transubro. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us at the bus stop. Thanks for having me, Kirk. Talk to you soon. This bus stop podcast is brought to you by Daimler Truck Financial, the captive finance partner for Thomas Belt Buses. Together, we're proud to support the National School Transportation Association.